Welcome back to another episode of the Hoops Temple Podcast. You all know me, Nathan Schwartz, and joining me on the other line, Aaron Schroeder. Good to see you, man. Good to be back. Yeah, we had a... What do we talk about today? Kyrie opted into his contract. I don't know. Why am I saying that now? We don't know that yet. In this, in this timeline, we don't know that. <laughs> we don't know that yet, but it's our intro, so it's good that you guys know that that happened during the pod because the pod begins with us talking about what's going to happen. The, the news breaks in the middle of it, so you just have to bear with us. I know that now, but you don't know that yet. That's that's the that's the secret. We talk about the draft. We talk about free agency. Talk about the Kings did. Talk about Paolo Bancaro, and we we uh, list the top free agents in the class and see who's going to stay and who's going to leave. Talk about everybody short of Poku. Dante DiVincenzo, big free agent, should have been top twenty-five. That is wildly true. And if this happens, I would legitimately feel bad for fans of all other teams. Like, provided this works out and the Lakers are once again great, which we drafted Max Christie, so we're going to win the championship. Every time the Lakers bring in an MSU guard, they win the championship that year. It's worked with Magic. It worked with Shannon Brown. So it's not just the quality of a Magic Johnson. It also you know works with much lesser players. So I just think cosmically there is a chance that Kyrie comes, but... I don't know. I don't I don't want to see it happen. I don't feel like it's a good thing for the league. If they get Kyrie and I set the line at 15 total games played together for Anthony Davis, LeBron and Kyrie, would you, would you take it? I would take it. 15 total games, all three of them. This this may just be my optimism, but I do think there's a legitimate chance that Davis is healthy the primary like for most of the year. He looked horrible last last season. He looked like he was he had thicker skates on. I was messaging a buddy first couple of games because he was at those games. And I was like, is it just me or does Davis look injured? Um, and he was trying to say, no, no, he just put on weight. And so he's moving slower because he's trying to be a bigger, more physical player and play center. And I'm like, man, if that's the result of him putting on weight, he needs to lose it. Like, you can't have that. De'Aaron Fox had the same issue. He came in. I went to the the home opener last season and I'm like, he's bigger. And first you get excited. You're like, oh, he's going to be physically dominant. But adjusting to that weight takes a second. I wouldn't be surprised if both Fox and Davis are in, in much better condition next season because you played at this weight your whole life. All of a sudden you're 20 pounds heavier. Mm-hmm. Let's see you move with it. And it takes time to adjust both with, you know, at the rim, around the basket, turning and fading away with all this weight. It's different on your joints, really. We even look at like someone like Giannis who came into the league just so skinny and now is just shredded and jacked. It didn't happen overnight. I know there's that one famous photo of him and his four brothers, but you can look at him progressively through his first four years and he slowly puts on the weight. He didn't just jump. And I think that's what you need from a lot of players. Like, I know we're going to talk about the draft some, but man, I would be terrified if Chet showed up with like 30 more pounds of muscle one year. Like, you got to build that slowly. Yeah, absolutely. I think another interesting thing is with Giannis circa like 2014, you can go back and go back and watch his jump shots and it's smooth. Mm-hmm. He's like this jump shooter, catch and shoot. And when you gain the muscle, you gain other things, but you lose that that shooting ability. It's why he shoots like he has a backpack on full of bricks because he wasn't used to having so much weight on him. And, and Davis was, I think it was 18% from three. It was not good. I know it, it was, was bad. not good. That the spacing on the Lakers is just horrible with between LeBron and Westbrook and AD. 
that weight, that weight holds you down. So we got two big things to talk about that's not Kyrie related. Which do you want to start with? The draft or free agency? God, I think we got to be the draft. It's got to be the draft. Okay. I love okay. it. You know, honestly, draft's slightly disappointing. I felt like I knew exactly what was going on heading into it. I told you I was really excited. And then by the time like the Knicks, Hornets, Pistons trade happened, I, I, I lost it. I lost the ability to process basketball. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Like, I, I, don't, I, I didn't know what happened. I still don't. I understand it. But that has to be one of the most complicated trades ever. Um, if you have it in front of you, I should have got in front of you if I said that. But. I don't have it in front of me. I mean, I, I at least vaguely understand what the Knicks are going for here. These picks are protected, so they might not convey for a little bit. But I do believe they all will eventually convey. Um, I don't think they have like a if doesn't convey becomes second round in X amount of years. Maybe they do, but it's at least far enough down the road that these will eventually be real picks. And I I think the idea is, hey, we're going to get these picks and we're going to we're going to go star hunting. We are going to try to make a play for not Jalen Brunson, but maybe someone to pair Brunson with. You know, I mean, if you can sign Brunson and then trade these three picks and some future assets for Donovan Mitchell. And your team next year is Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson, and Julius Randle. That's a second round Eastern Conference team, right? That team is is giving up 150 points a night. Sure, it's not. They'd be making the same mistake my Kings are making, where they're like, "All right, this is the foundation. We're doing it. Like we made it to the the playoffs that one year. Randle and Barrett and Derrick Rose. Like these are our guys, and build around it. And they're like, actually, not a good idea. Like probably should have tried to get better first. And the Knicks are going to go star hunting. They're cast this huge lure out and then reel up Jalen Brunson and win 40 games next season. It's 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 a little bit of a directionless move. And we also, we talk about Brunson like he's on the Knicks, but he might just not. He That's just an option. And to, to make a trade in hopes of clearing space for Brunson, you, you make trades to clear space for Kevin Durant and LeBron and Kyrie and the huge fish, the huge fishes, fish, fish eye. I don't know. Um mm-hmm. In the uh, in the free agent pool, but Brunson doesn't really make sense to me. They did make one good draft pick that I think we can both appreciate, and technically he's not even actually a draft pick that they made. He's a guy that they signed after the draft, Gene Montero. Do you know anything about this guy? I don't. Who is that? So he's an overtime elite kid, the closest thing to high school prep to pro that we kind of have right now with the the vague rules. There was a time when he was marked as a lottery talent. Uh, and then he fell all the way out of the draft, kind of because he's small, really slender, can't defend, not a great shooter, but loves to pull from like 35 feet, which might also decrease his shooting because he's pulling from so deep. But a lot of flash, a lot of pizzazz. That's exciting. The Knicks love guys like that. I mean, if he can show up and just be exciting, like like Quickly was for the Knicks, they love him. But the Quickly was pretty good. I think the the one thing staring us in the face for the draft is is Bancaro. They yeah. took him number number one. And I didn't see that at all. I did not see that coming. I, I was certain out of the three, it wasn't going to be Bancaro. Um, I think I like it. I think the Magic have a roster where any of these three guys, Holmgren or Smith or Bancaro, would have fit, and I'm I'm with it. I like it. The more that I see it, the more that I like it. Because if you're semi-confident in Wendell Carter, if you're semi-confident that Mo Bamba might be able to play defense around them, and you've got Jonathan Isaac, then Paulo's defensive limitations don't matter as much. And you've kind of struggled to have a good 
pass first point guard. So his kind of point forward abilities might be might work out really well as the central hub for their offense. I think so. I think they were they were horrible offensively last season. And there you go. Paulo Bancaro, he can make he can make his own offense. I think that's that's as far as the pick goes, really. I, I mean they were one of the worst teams in the league, so they they were just horrible at everything. I like the Holmgren pick. I wanted I didn't I don't want the Thunder to get him. I was kind of upset because I've been such a big Holmgren guy and I just I don't know, Oklahoma City does nothing for me. I feel like I could get excited like in Houston. Maybe that's just a weird bias of mine. But he'll fit in. He'll fit in really well there. And the same with Smith. I like what the Rockets are building with Jabari and Jalen Green and Kevin Porter and Shangoon. It's exciting. I think they've done a good job, the Rockets. And they have all these Nets picks that might be the first overall pick in the draft at this point. Oh, my gosh. James Harden was right. Harden was like, get me out of here. And we, we clowned him for it. We totally made fun of him for bailing again, but he should have bailed earlier. He could still go back. The Nets are talking about trying to trade Kyrie. Maybe do a Kyrie for Harden flip. Kevin Durant would strangle James Harden. This, they would just jump each other on sight. You motherfucker, you left me and now you come back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Harden might just be like, you, you see why I left my guy? Like... You see why I left? Kyrie's just dipping, you know. Do, do you blame me? What a breakdown by the Nets, though. Even the Lakers seem to be kind of holding their super team of sorts together. The Nets are falling apart at the seams. We are about two weeks away from Ben Simmons being the, the face of the Nets. What a timeline. It's really wild. I mean, the Lakers are actively trying anything they can do to get rid of Russell Westbrook. And he is going at... Skip Bayless on Twitter defending LeBron James. It's just like, my guy, you're. They don't want you here, but but you guys still seem to have this cohesion. Whereas the Nets are just actively imploding. But but this this isn't draft stuff. We've got draft stuff. I want to know what team you thought won the night. I know we get so distracted so easily. The Nets are such a hot topic. As soon as they're brought up, I'm just like, oh my god, which team won the night now? I want to talk about the Kings. I don't think they won the night, but I can't pretend like they're not there. I'll say two things. I, I, I don't love what we did with the pick, but I like the pick itself. I think Keegan sure. Murray is fantastic. I think, here's a question. If Keegan Murray doesn't get picked by the Kings, where is he going? Good chance he goes to the Pistons. Pistons at five. It's it's in, of course, people would have loved that, but with the Kings, people are more ho-hum. I think the fourth pick was was fairly coveted. People wanted that pick. The Knicks probably wanted it. The Spurs. You could, you could have convinced Indiana or even the Pistons to give you like a second rounder just to move up. Then how come they didn't? I don't know. Maybe they so sold on Murray. Here's my thing. There is no amount too small to make a deal to move from five to or from four to five. Like even if the Pistons are like, you know what? Screw it. We're, we're only going to give you a second round pick. Great. That's a second round pick. And you then get to pay your guy less. And I know that that sounds bad, but just thinking practically, this is a salary cap sport. If you pay your guy less and you pay him less on the first contract, his second contract is an incremental raise of the first contract. And his third contract is an incremental raise of that contract. Getting a guy at a lower position in the draft has like a decade of cap savings that that your team could go for. Like even if the Kings are just straight up, no, we think Keegan is better still take him at that little bit of cap savings because it is going to apply for the next several years it's not like the kings have a ton of cap room to really go get guys 
or have ever really gotten guys. But if your plan is we're eventually going to get good and people are going to want to come here because we're a competent franchise, then you need to plan for it. I think Murray checks all the boxes for what we're looking for, except for that value just wasn't there. And I agree. You take him with four and now you have Keegan Murray at this deal and it's a rookie contract. It's not going to sink us, but, but you're right. It's not free. I think for Murray, what made me feel better is we took him and I'm like, man, we really drafted for fit. That's a disaster. But Monty comes out, Monty McNair, the Kings GM, and he says that wasn't for fit. This was a best player available. We think Keegan Murray is better than Jaden Ivey. That's why we took him. And that's really comforting for me because that's all I wanted. I, I was adamant throughout the draft. We were not good enough to take anybody for fit. Got to take the best player. And if the best player happens to fit, screw it. Take him a four. His description is super versatile on-ball defender who can handle wings and bigs and possibly serve as a small ball center. I with the Kings need that so bad. We we starting to have we're we are starting to have almost a lineup come together where you could be like, who are the Kings' five best players? And you could come up with people: Fox, Mitchell, Murray, Barnes, and Sabonis. Like that's your closing five. And we have not had that in a while. Yeah. Is that the five that you really want to have? I mean, I know that's what Monty McNair said, but isn't that what you have to say? Don't you have to say that we think this was the best guy on the board? Like, could you imagine if he came out and there was like, yeah, you guys, you know, he wasn't the best guy on the board, but he really fits us well. So that's that's why we did this. Like, No, you can't imagine someone <laughs> saying that. That's career suicide. You have to say that this is the best guy out there. Yeah, but they really believe it, though. He really believes that. And that's what's important because he takes Halliburton and Mitchell, who fit that bill. And I think those guys have been fantastic, especially Halliburton. Other teams messed up and the Kings took advantage by taking Halliburton. We turned it into DeMontis Sabonis and then picks and whatnot. There's value to be had in, in taking that. I just, it's like a used car. The fourth pick can get you anything. Keegan Murray, eh, can get you a little bit. As soon as you spend that pick, it's something else. Yeah, I just, I really think, I think there had to have been something out there for Ivy that that would have been worth more than the Keegan Murray pick. And I get it. Murray is the best fit. And I actually really do like Murray. I don't think that this is going to be some hugely dramatic difference in year one. Um, I, I think as we get down the road, Ivy has a lot more upside. And I am so pumped for the Pistons. I absolutely love their whole draft night. Like, we know that they got that Ivy, that they got Jalen Duran. I think to answer your original question about the winners of the draft night, the Pistons did a fantastic job. They're, you'd be stoked to have Ivy. You get Duran, and maybe you don't have to max out DeAndre Aiden now if you think Duran can be that guy. They're certainly trending up. I think the league is better when the Pistons are better. It's more fun. I feel like that could be said of almost every team. Like, the league is better when teams are better. Yeah, I, let me think of a team that I find hilarious when they're bad. The Lake, I mean the Lakers, but you know, I don't know if the league is better when they're worse. Utah, Utah's never bad, I guess that's the issue. But when they lose at the end, it's kind of like a victory for America. <laughs> for America. <laughs> my, I think my favorite pick was A.J. Griffin to Atlanta at, at 16. Because we had him mocked going to the Pelicans at 8, and I loved it there. And we talked about that, and I think for what Atlanta's doing, their guards, their wings are Kevin Hurter and Bogdanovich, who are slimmer, skinnier guys. Now you get this 6'6", 220, listed at 222, very specific. Three-point sniper, 
at least gives you some size and along with shooting on the wing and, and Trey Young will find you on the perimeter for those shots. I do really love of what the Hawks did. I, I was looking at the list just in the draft rankings and there is kind of a gap of like playoff ready teams who could use AJ Griffin. So I, I was initially very shocked that he slid. And the more I looked at it, the more I was like, oh, this this does kind of track like I guess Cleveland would have made good sense. Um, Charlotte, you knew they were going to go for a big, but but to kind of slide like, all right, San Antonio needs to rebuild. Um, Washington, I don't understand the Washington Johnny Davis pick. Like I saw him mocked so much, and people talk about how he can play some defense, but you didn't see it. This guy is a go. He's a go-to scorer and is really good with the ball in his hand. He makes a lot of sense if Beal is going to leave. He's like a hey, we've got this this kind of replacement, a young Beal. Is, is what I can picture you trying to pitch to the fans. But I don't like him next to Beal. You don't like the Bradley Beal, Porzingis, Kuzma, Johnny Davis core to win you a title? I think I threw up a little bit. <laughs> I started, started listing that core. No, I don't think that's a, a great core. And really, like that's no knock on Johnny Davis. I think Johnny will be a fine NBA player. Um, but I just I didn't like him going to Washington. I would have really loved to see them try to diversify more. I don't understand what the Wizards are doing most of the time. Just any time in the past 40 years, you can check back on the Wizards and be like, what are the Wizards doing? It's like, oh, nothing that makes sense. That's what the Wizards are up to. It's just general misdirection. And this this era feels even worse, even worse, because they had Wall and they had Beal, and you're like, okay, this is a team. They're making the playoffs. This makes sense. You have a point guard and a shooting guard, some nice pieces around them. And now we're... We're going into the Porzingis and Beal era, and like this is disgusting. Like not to be mean to Wizards fans, but like I can't think of a team I would rather watch. I don't know if they, I want to watch them or I don't want to watch them. Maybe it's just so horrific you have to watch it. It's like a car crash; you just can't look away. I can't look away. I'm watching them pay Bradley Beal 250 million to make the seventh seed. Every time I say a bad thing about a franchise, I realize I could say the same thing about my Kings, and that makes me upset. I'm like, yeah, I could say the same thing. Another winner for the draft. I feel like OKC finally cashed some pieces in, finally took their pot of gold and and, and turned it into something more tangible with some of these picks. Yeah, I'm really disappointed in them for not drafting him, Nikola Jovic, but I, I love them moving up hope to get Usman Dang. And I mean, him and Chet have have a lot of length, have a lot of positional versatility. You know, could they be the three, four? Could they be the four, five? Could you switch them potentially and have the other one be the three and the other one be a four? Absolutely. I'm still a little bit concerned about the two Jalen Williams, like as a coach. Um, (laughs) That's just going to make practices so hard. You know, you've got the bigger one than from Arkansas. Uh, great length. I really liked his rim protection in college. There, there's the pen- potential that they drafted three players that they end up starting. I guess Giddy probably will also start, but I think you could probably slide Giddy down to the two. Like you could go Shannon, Giddy, uh, Usman, Chet, and uh, the Arkansas Jalen Williams. Um, or you could actually put the Santa Clara Jalen Williams. So he's, he's a decent three point shooter. I, you know, drives well, good at handoffs and making strong cuts. Um, you could put him at shooting guard. Like they they got a lot of guys that can kind of switch around. I'm not a huge fan of bringing in four rookies that you expect to play, but that's kind of been the Thunder's MO and we'll see how much they all get run. I would love to watch that. I really hope 
the Thunder play their young players because at the end of the season, you're like, what are the Thunder up to? And you're like, oh, they're playing six G-Leaguers a night. That's what they're up to. None of their interesting yeah. players are playing. But I would watch all these draft picks play. Like, let's make it happen. You're going to have to watch them for the first two months of the season because they will <laughs> shut them all down and try to tank for Victor Wembanyama. I seriously think Sam Presti walks to like sets trip wires up around the, the facilities to, to purposely like, oh, he sprained his ankle and he's out for the season. <laughs> Do you remember the one player that I said was interesting? The last David Roddy, David Roddy, and he went at number 23. He was going to be a second rounder. I wanted him at 37. Yeah. Memphis even traded for him. Yeah. I think he fits. He just fits what Memphis is doing. He, he is um, Dylan Brooks. Just with a little bit different dimensions, a little wider, a little shorter. It's like stout David Brooks, uh, David Brooks with Dylan Brooks. The thing that I really love about him is in theory, he's going to play shooting guard. He's going to play small forward. He's he's too short to play a four or five in the NBA, like even in the small ball, ball era. I mean, I guess PJ Tucker's six five, but what David Roddy was? Is he six four? Six four and a half is what he's listed at. But I think this one I'm looking at tends to undershoot because it has Mark Williams at six ten. He's easily seven foot one. Yeah, that might be the without shoes. So I mean, all right, it, it, but he's tiny. He's thick. I love the idea of playing him at shooting guard and teams trying to hide their worst defender on him. And he just comes up and sets screens. And you just do guard-on-guard guard screens with him and and Ja. And he's just setting the hell out of those screens, knocking guys over, and then kind of picking and popping. Like, he's got pretty quick feet. He can move laterally nicely. Like, he'll be able to get some movement after that screens that I think will be really nice. Can I pitch you Memphis as a Kevin Durant destination? Yeah, go ahead. So they're also my Zach Levine destination. I kind of want them to go star hunting. I like it. You know, they do have a couple of future assets. They could move off Dylan Brooks. They could move off of Desmond Bain. They can move a couple of other guys. Um, I don't know if you can quite get enough for Durant, but I really like them to try to make a play for Zach Levine and have this incredible lineup of Ja, either Levine or Durant, Jaron. I think their team is ready for that star to take them the next level. And if they do, I I could see them in the championships. I could see them in the finals. I would love that. I think the Grizzlies in general deserve that. They've had some good teams. They had some great teams, but never really. They're always kind of the scrappy underdog. But to get a mm -hmm. star to put that scrappy underdog team over the hump would be really exciting. I mean, especially if you can do it without giving away a ton. I mean, Levine is a free agent. You're going to have to send something back because it's going to have to be a sign and trade. But, you know, you sign and trade, you give up 50 cents on the dollar. Durant, you're going to have to give up more, but you're probably giving up four future firsts as well as pick swaps every year in between. Um, and then maybe one or two young guys. Maybe even throw Jaron in there. You throw Jaron a ton of picks. I think Memphis wins the championship next year. Man, I'd love to see that. How about um, Portland tearing everything down and then also wanting Kevin Durant? It makes sense with the Shade and Sharp pick. You know, they're drafting a guy that's going to maintain as much resell value as possible to the next team. I do really wish they would pick a direction. I understand that they won't because they want to maintain that flexibility as Jody Allen is potentially selling. Still look good for someone to, to come in and buy the franchise. I thought it was fine. Do you want to hear my, my trade idea with, with the Blazers? Sure. So I got Joe Ingles and Simons plus Sharp heading to the Nets. 
plus a 2025 Milwaukee first rounder, and then the Blazers own 2024 and 2027 first, just for KD. He's giving it's year 16 for KD, $44 million a year, heading up to 50, four years. I think it's a good deal. I think it's, I think it's an okay deal. What's lacking? The direction for both or? An overall excitement. <laughs> you just don't like. No, I just, I mean, I don't understand. I would love to see Portland go all in. And win, you know, that's like 45 wins because it's a Dame and Durant and no one else. Yeah, I just I'm not excited enough for Portland because I don't feel like it's enough for them to really win a chip. I feel like it keeps them right in that same middle range into where they've been. And I'm not all that excited if I'm Brooklyn because we still are out. I mean, we Brooklyn is still out a bunch of their own picks. And so them being bad isn't great for them. Like you kind of can't be bad. You have to continue to try to develop and at least be middling go back to what the nets were pre-Kyrie and Durant so I don't know there's just there's just not a lot of good options for them this has really blown up in their face we are reaping the consequences of the 16,000 picks for one player era of basketball and I remember in a, in a few podcasts ago I mentioned that I think we're going back the other way I think the last normal trade was Kawhi to the Raptors it was like two picks and Jakob Pertl and now it, the, the price tag is just insane. And now we're seeing all these stars with these huge contracts and no one has assets. And every single place a star can land is an awkward place. We're, we're seeing the, the direct repercussions of our actions. What can you tell me about Dale and Terry? My grandma texted me. She called me and she said, Aaron, the Bulls took a guy I've never heard of and no one else around me knows about them either. Like, what can you tell me? I sent her some articles, but I hadn't really heard of him either. Um, I really like his fast first step. He's pretty quick like with the ball and without it. He's fluid. You know, you watch some college kids and you're like, they're athletic, but they don't quite have full body control. I like his body control. Uh, he was on Sports Illustrated's list of players most likely to outperform their draft position, which is a good sign for him. But I, I am not a huge fan overall of what he does. Uh, don't tell her that. She's going to be sad. The comps that I've seen most places is that he looks like Lonzo Ball. Like, you know, he, he moves the ball. He plays some defense. He's an overall, all-around, decent player. He doesn't have the specialized skill. Like, you remember when people used to always say, hey, you want that one skill that you know is going to translate, whether that's athleticism, whether that's a three-point shot, whether that's passing, rim protection. He doesn't have that one skill, but he's also not bad at anything. He's kind of just an overall solid player. I mean, hey, if there's a player you want two of, Lonzo Ball's a good one. He's tall, yeah. defends, kind of shoot. You know my biggest draft pet peeve? And this is a stupid one. I'm just nitpicking at this point because this is how draft processes work. It's if this guy, it's this quote, quote, if this guy just develops a shot, he's <laughs> going to be amazing. No shit. If everyone develops a shot, they're going to be amazing. It's not going to happen. I understand being hopeful, but I, I, you can when guys don't have shots and then develop one, it's groundbreaking. It's Kawhi Leonard. You're like, it's Paul George. You're like, wow, that guy didn't have a shot. And now he has a shot. He was a defensive specialist. Now he's this amazing offensive player. It's not going to happen. If, if you're reading a draft report and it says all he needs to do is become a 35% three-point shooter, you're not getting that. I'm going to push back just a hair. Okay, go ahead. Here's the thing. Most draft picks just aren't going to happen. Like there's always something with someone. Hey, if he just puts on 20 pounds of muscle. Hey, if he just improves his IQ. Hey, if he just decides to give a shit on defense, like 
I feel like almost every player has one of those. And for the most part, no one develops them. Like we can look at this whole draft and here, where, where's a guy that was picked late? All right. Uh, Wendell Omar Jr. I, I really liked his game. I liked his aggression in college. I, there are games where you turn on and watch of Duke where he is the best player out there out of AJ Griffin, Mark Williams, Paolo Bancaro. And you know, you just you want some more consistency. If he could improve his uh, jump shot a little bit, if he could do you know a number of things just a little bit better, you know, it was a, a better passer. And like he did improve his his jump shot. He went from a twenty one percent three point shooter to thirty percent, now to forty one. Will it continue in the pros? We'll see. He was eighty percent free throw shooter his whole time in college. But you know, is there a chance that he's out of the league in two years? Sure. That's just drafts how it goes my brother i have to show you these these charts he makes this is why i'm even capable with the data stuff that i do he um he makes these amazing charts and these graphs about all this stuff and what he had made was there was the amount of picks in the nba draft how and how many played in the nba and there's this massive amount that we moved to the two-round system and but there's always you know there are picks that just that never happen it's with uh i think the spurs are the most common the, the average spurs draft pick is either manu ginobili or it's someone who never comes over from europe yeah. and sometimes things just never materialize something we, we haven't discussed yet no one really mentioned because they're second rounders because no one cares milwaukee and miami did not have second rounders there are 58 picks in this draft because they tampered and they lost their draft picks not super consequential but just how ridiculous how funny I still think those picks should have gone to Sacramento and should have gone to Toronto. Whoever you tampered with? Yeah. Well, I don't know. We're both tampering. <laughs> then we should suspend their picks too. Uh, they got caught though. It's not about doing it. It's about whether you get caught or not. I, I don't think actually Miami and Toronto colluded. I think Toronto was kind of pissed that Miami was talking to their guys. So I th- at least that one should have gone to Toronto. I'm with that. We almost had Dante DiVincenzo, and and then we ended up trading for him again. I forget what the original deal oh, it was the Bogdanovich sign-and-trade. Yeah. I think we'd gotten a first in DiVincenzo. Man, I honestly don't think that would have changed much, but... It would have won the Bucks another championship. No, okay, but there are things... I think the thing that changes... I found the source of it. If, <laughs> if the Hawks... If the Kings never tamper, the Hawks never get Bogdanovich, and they never beat Philly in the playoffs... And if they never beat Philly, Ben Simmons doesn't do this whole thing. James Harden is still is still a rocket. Kevin Durant is 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 healthy on the Nets, and and Kyrie gets the vaccine. And that's where it started. You're trying so hard to unstack these dominoes. I don't I don't think you can do it. <laughs> if you know, what I'm saying if if Sixers if the Sixers beat the Hawks in those in that in that playoff series, uh, Ben Simmons is still on the Sixers. Maybe, maybe, but I, I want to run through some of the kind of one off picks. That we each really liked because I know you and I were messaging about EJ Lindell a little before this. Mm-hmm. That's right. And like my thoughts with Lindell, and I texted this to you, was I watched him and I'm like, ah, he's a shorter, stockier, slower version of Julius Randle with just a hint of Draymond Green in it. That sounds like a horrible player, Nate. That sounds like someone I would never want to watch play. It's just, it sounds like the ugliest. Tough jumpers, back to the basket. I don't want to watch it. I'm never going to watch a Pelicans game if that's what he is. You're 100% right. Like I started off thinking that he was a less athletic Zion Williams. 
And then I then I moved to the Julius Randle comp because I felt like throwing Zion's name out there was just too high of praise to to even say that he's like he's like Zion but without the athleticism. But he's a surprisingly good rim protector. And so like there's a part of me that thinks small ball five potential. Um, you know, he, he's a reasonable enough passer, really high assist to turnover ratio, uh, high as in bad, not high as in a lot of assists to very few turnovers. Um, but there's a part of me that I, I saw him on mocks going in the late teens, early 20s. And I was like, that's wild. That is such an overdraft. And then when he went in 40, I, I'm now fully back in on him. And I want to watch him in New Orleans and just see if there is an NBA career here for this guy. I love those second round picks. They fall. They're supposed to be like picking number 15. That's too high. You hate a guy at 15, but you love him at 41. I think 41 is so preposterously low that anyone who had been mocked higher, you take a swing on. You're like, maybe yeah. this works. There's no risk here. It's a second round pick. There is a pick that I changed my mind about that okay. I think might be one of my one of my favorites. When the, when the Spurs took Sohan, number nine, I was like, eh, not super thrilled. Seemed a little high for him. But I see the direction they're going, which is they're probably going to trade DeJounte Murray. They're going to burn this whole thing down and they're going to go for... Wibanyana. And in that case, you take kind oh. of a more raw player like Sohan, and I'm for it. I didn't even think about the Wimbanyana angle. I think the Spurs are in a point where the Thunder have amassed too much talent. If the Thunder fucking tank with 17,000 lottery picks, I just, Sam Presti should be fired. If they outed Sam Hinkie for doing the same thing, you should, never mind. The Spurs are in a place like we don't have much, not much direction. We're not going to win a title. Let's just, let's do this. They could get a lot for DeJounte Murray. I think they were talking to Atlanta about like three or four firsts. And I'm, I'm sure Atlanta would love to do that and just head to the gutter, man. First time in a long time Spurs have been there. Did you ever listen to, uh, Hinky was on the Zach Lowe, the low post the day before he resigned. I did not listen to that. Tell me more. Go listen to it. Um, because it, when you found out he resigned the next day, like you can hear it. You can hear some of the thought processes, some of the, the wheels turning in his head. And at one point, like he's explaining his strategy to Zach and Zach kind of asks him as a really point blank question. He's like, your idea works, but he, but he asks, do you think he just picked the wrong guys? I think they did. And that's kind of what Hinky says. And I know, um, I think the difference between Hinky and Presti is Presti it is very much in the line of uh, of openly stating, like, I, I don't think we're there yet. We haven't gotten the right guys. Hinky kind of maybe celebrated a bit too soon when he got the number one and the back-to-back picks because technically the idea worked. Getting Embiid and getting Simmons, you know, that's worth being bad for four straight years. OKC hasn't done that yet, so... I think I think Presti's got a little bit more time. If the Sixers don't whiff on Fultz and Okafor, it's a totally different conversation on how the the process could have been this insane success. Like, hey, if you're just bad for four years and knock down three straight picks, you're a contender. But if you get two of them right and two of them so painfully wrong, then the Fultz one wasn't the wrong choice. It just, you know, didn't work out with his with his shoulder stuff. I'm trying to remember back to the Fultz trade because uh, I know they had to... It was a two for one deal. I was trying to remember who the second player or was that they drafted or that was in that trade because it was like Tatum and someone else, the three and the you know, future pick. And I was thinking that was Colin Sexton, but it was just Romeo Langford. I thought that was I thought that was gonna be much worse. So trading two of those guys for him. 
yeah, Langford wasn't really consequential, but no. it sucks. It felt like that's the one in basketball and in, in life, you have to get things right in a row. Mm-hmm. You do four things right in a row and then you, you're successful. Like the Kings, you draft Fox, that's the right choice. You draft Halliburton, that's the right choice. Draft Mitchell, the jury's out. That's three good picks in a row. The trade for Sabonis, whether it's the right or wrong choice, it's still an upgraded talent. This can all go up if Keegan Murray's great. If he's not, you wasted the past five years. Got to get the next thing right. You have to string these all together. It's what's held the Kings in, in purgatory for so long, is they never draft two good players in a row. It's one good player and then one player who's out of the league. And it kills the best of franchises. You get Embiid and then you get Fultz and it doesn't matter. Back to your your talk on the Spurs. I, I do have mixed feelings about Jeremy Sohan and going there because you're right. These guys are either stars or they're not. And, and like there does not seem to be much in between for San Antonio. Um, but I, I really hadn't considered the Wimbanyama angle. And they drafted three of the youngest guys, Blake Wesley, Malachi Brandon, and, and Jeremy Sohan. They all are really young, fairly raw, but have a lot of likable things Things about them. I'm confused about the Spurs direction for the most part because I think I have the right idea of where they're going, but the Popovich's Popovich last year confuses me. It always feels like when the legendary coach goes out, you you try to the very end, and it doesn't feel like that's there's no way he's going to be here for what the Weapon Yana era unless he wants to string together. He was there when they started with Duncan, and then. He gifted them Webinyana, and the next Spurs dynasty starts. Would it shock you if he wasn't on the bench this off or this next season? Yeah, I think so. I think he's. I think ah man. Yeah, I just I feel like there'd be Popovich is is a quiet person, but he's not like a secretive person necessarily. And I feel like we would have known by now if he was if he was done. I don't know. I I could honestly see them just not saying anything, and literally day one, they're just like, wait, Pop isn't the coach anymore. I much pref- I much prefer that to the whole like retirement tour that everyone takes at the very end. I know it's cool, but stop you stop showing up to work. There are some people that deserve a retirement tour, and if Pop did it, I would have no qualms. You're saying Paul Pierce didn't deserve one? <laughs> <laughs> you hate you hate Paul Pierce so much. Oh, I just I just remember him and Draymond talking shit to him. He thought she was Kobe. They don't love you like that. No. Not Kobe. No, I mean, did anyone think Paul Pierce was good outside of Boston for the majority of that man's career? My goodness scale that I invented says that Pierce is better than Kobe in 2002. In 2002. that Just saying, 2002. Yeah. That's fair. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals that year. Yeah, but the East was so weak. Those post-Jordan, like the, the five years post-Jordan, maybe even six, like it was embarrassing how bad those teams were. I think the worst five-year stretch for any team is the Baby Bulls, 99, 2000, 1, 2, and 3. Those teams are so impossibly bad. But like, this is the whole conference that's bad. I mean, people make a huge deal about Reggie and the Pacers making the 2000 NBA Finals, and Kobe missed a game and a half of that. He played eight minutes in game two, misses game three. You know, Shaq fouls out in game four, and this is like the Kobe Ascension game where he becomes, you know, the the Kobe that we know today of a, a good final 6 minutes in overtime. But like, man, you played two games without Kobe and a fourth quarter at home and overtime without Shaq and like you guys still lost? Like the Lakers just gave them game 5 so that they could win it at home in game 6. Like that the, the game 5 stats 
are, are the only thing that make the Pacers look somewhat respectable. And if you just ignore that one game where the Lakers are up 3-1 and are like, we'll win it on home, the East is just garbage. Like, your Kings really deserve a lot more celebration for their uh, dominance and performance of those early 2000s. And they're not going to get it because they didn't make the finals. They had that one Western Conference run. But there's a good argument that they are between the second and third or fourth best team in each of those years, 2000 through 2002. Maybe not 2000. Just, you know, during that run, they are incredible. And the East is just garbage. We would have beaten the brakes off of the Nets. Oh, it would have been embarrassing. The, I mean, the 76ers, not good. Nah. You know, Jeff Foster is the ninth has the ninth most win shares in Pacers history. It does not surprise me. Shout out Jeff Foster. Their 1998 team is much better, and they just yeah. run smack into the Bulls, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That is that is a perfect example of why I hate saying the best player on a finals team. Because like that 98 team, that is what you should give Reggie Miller props for. Yeah. That team they give did him a fits. lot more. Like That is the closest Jordan came to losing a championship in any of his runs, in any of the six championship runs, that series is the closest he was to losing. Maybe I want to say the Bulls pushed him to seven in, uh, was it 91? Who pushed him to seven? The Sorry, not the Bulls, uh, the Pistons. Mm. Maybe. I know they played, they went to seven in 90 and the Pistons won. I'm trying to remember. Jordan's got three game sevens under his belt. No matter how many people want to say that he won and never needed a game seven. It's just not factually true. But are, is there any more people in the draft you wanted to touch on? I think I'm good. All right, then I'm just going to quick hit two guys. Okay, go ahead. Marjan Bochamp going to Milwaukee. He's the perfect Milwaukee player. Lots of arm, lots of defensive versatility. Um, I, I really loved him in the G League showcase game in where he was playing against Lance Stevenson. And like this is right before they brought Lance back to Indiana and Lance just started dropping 20 or 30 on everyone and really having an outstanding little, little stretch there. Uh, and Marjon played him as well as you can expect defensively for a basically high school college kid or I guess he's 20. But So I, I love that pick. You want culture fits. And in Milwaukee, you have your core. It's, it's Middleton, it's Giannis, and it's Drew. What you can put around that is important because Grayson Allen was playing big minutes for them and i think this is just one of those guys like get another one just fill it in well west matthews was playing big minutes and you just kind of need another defensive wing um who, who can cut and move without the ball who else you got second one is kessler walker or walker I, you know i did want to talk about about walker because i really liked him and now he's in in minnesota yeah and that's just like where nba players go to die and you're so mean to minnesota <laughs> It's a it's just and it's just this if you if you think the Kings kill players Minnesota saps the life out of NBA talent with with a vice grip. I think Kevin Garnett overachieved in his time in Minnesota. The fact that he survived there for as long because because you think about it, who was taken before Garnett? Their big pick. It was Lehner. It's Christian Lehner. Super talented, good good basketball player. They crushed that man's soul in the Arctic desert of Minnesota. He never stood a chance. And he's a good player on the 90, um, on the 96 Hawks. He makes an all-star team. It's a really good team. It's just, uh, it's crushing. Walker Kessler gone forever. The thing that I like about this move, um, is it does kind of signify a shift and a possible change in direction. Um, also it like, because it does in theory, allow them to slide 
towns down to the four. There's something that I've always kind of felt about towns, which is just if you're really good at doing the guard things or the wing things, but you're not good at doing the big things, then maybe instead of being the best shooting big man, maybe you should be more of a wing. Man, I mean, I think of before defensively, there's issues, but I can picture you playing Walker Kessler and had at the same time because Kessler, he isn't a knockdown shooter, but he was taking them. That's what I look for. If you're taking threes, maybe you're horrible at it. But as long as you're taking them, there's a development there. And his his form is pretty good for the most part. And at his height, at his size, I think he was blocking like five shots a game in college. 4.6 in 25 minutes. He's a machine. He's also going to gonna foul out. Him and Towns are going to share the floor for a good three and a half minutes before they both foul out. Well, I mean... I'm okay with the fit. I like him. I mean, Jaden McDaniels, uh, Jared Vanderbilt, they're also pretty foul prone. I also, I just want to say, Jaden McDaniels, I remember doing mock drafts his year. Um, I was doing them back in the January of that year. And McDaniels was a top 10 pick at that time projected. And he slid back to 28. I think there's great value in picking up those guys that everyone saw the talent, everyone saw the potential, and then they slid. Like, the Warriors, that's been their strategy for a while, is go for the guy with the highest initial ratings that's still left on the board or because he slid. Uh, and Patrick Baldwin Jr., I don't I don't particularly love him. It, it's The strategy has worked out, so I think there's got to be got to be something to watch for there. I think that fits really good for the Warriors. And of course, the Warriors are the perfect spot for anybody. Any yeah. draft pick is going to not maybe not do well in the Warriors, but if you had to pick a place... They have, they have guys at every position. You're not going to have to play to start. They don't need you right away. Go get good at this. Go develop. Go learn off-ball skills. Go learn to move without the basketball. The people who get drafted to the Warriors, their basketball IQ just skyrockets in the next few years. Because you have to. You have to to keep up with that organization. Sure. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good fit because the Warriors are the best place for anyone to be. Well, and then I know I said I just had one more guy, but I actually now have one more after my just one more. Uh, and that is Evan Mobley's brother getting drafted, well, technically traded for yeah. by the Cavs. That's their that's their uh, Theonis pick. Although he's good at he's good at basketball. I think it's it's a good pick because it's a brother thing. I think that's awesome. But um, it's not like they wasted it. He's not like a horrible basketball player. You know, it's funny. I I checked just out of curiosity because I'm sure you've already done it. 2023 NBA mock draft. What's going on? Like, where are we headed next year? Do you know who they had this random website I found? Do you know who, who they had mocked to the Kings at six? Do I know who a random website <laughs> that you happen to find has mocked to the Kings at six? You're supposed six? to say no, and then I give you the answer, Nate. It's a, it's a rhetorical question. I just, I just want to point out the ridiculousness of this question. It, it was, um, it's Chris Murray. It's Keegan's brother. Interesting. Interesting. I was. I clicked on. I'm like, holy shit, that is Keegan Murray because they look identical. I think they might be identical. They gotta be. They look just like each other. Huh. I'm for it. That's gonna be our pick next year. Is Chris Murray? Where we're forming the Murray brothers and dynasty unravels. I like it. I like it. Yeah. It, it, wait, was this random site by chance? NBADraft.net. It might have been. I didn't really look. Because they've got Chris Murray mocked there at seven. Oh, it's a popular pick. They also have my Lakers mocked to eight, which is a little bit sad. I'm hoping for better. I saw a video on TikTok. I was on TikTok scrolling around, and it was a Western Conference standings predictions. And um, 
they said my Kings would win 20 games. And I just, I can't do it anymore, Nate. I can't pretend. Like, the disrespect is it. We haven't won less than 20 games since 2009. And this is by far our best team since 06. I don't get it. I that did the is patience. if the team finishes the year. <sighs> I There's just, the implosion risk. Yeah. Here's a thought. Here's just a ridiculous thing. What about calling Phoenix? If you're Sacramento, you call Phoenix and say, I'll give you Sabonis for Aiden. I don't think Phoenix does it. What if you throw in some more? Give you Sabonis in a first. What if you trade Harrison Barnes and a couple of firsts for Aiden? I, I don't see a world where Aiden and Sabonis coexist. It's like Miles Turner. It's like it's Miles Turner all over again. I don't. I don't see it. Harrison Barnes is my favorite king, and <laughs> he really is. I, I just like whenever people are like, "Why don't you trade Barnes?" Like, can't trade Barnes. He's yeah, the, he's he, the best. He is the best wing player we have ever had. Just go back. He's like a ten percent better version of Trevor Ariza. Oh my God! Don't say these <laughs> things to me. He's like, sorry. <laughs> he's like eighteen, seven, and three. He's been playing more power forward. Although the the Barnes Sabonis front court drives me absolutely insane because you look at it and you're like, this isn't good enough defensively, and then you watch it and you're like, this isn't good enough defensively, and then you lose by twenty. And you're like, I don't think that was good enough defensively. And you're like, I hope you figure something out. You're like, ah, oh, this all checks out. It wasn't good enough defensively. We figured it out. Uh, well, all right. I want to. Sp- Speed run through some free agency talk. Please do. I have pulled up the top 25 list of free agents from Sports Illustrated. And if you think they're going to stay, just say stay and we move on. All right. Sounds good. If you think they're going to go somewhere, then let's discuss it. But number one on the list, Bradley Beal, Wizards. I think he's staying. He's going to stay. He's going to resign and then probably get traded later. Number two. Zach Levine of the Chicago Bulls. I'm making the case for the Memphis Grizzlies. Do you think he's staying? Do you think he's going? I think he's going. Where? Somewhere else. I just don't think usually when stars hint at, oh, you know, we'll see. We'll think about it. Don't fuck with me. They're leaving. You know, there is no, if Harry, if Levine was going to stay, there's no reason to, to entertain this. Yeah. So uh, Levine for Kyrie Irving? And for those... Who can't see me, which is everyone listening to this. I'm I'm squinting very hard, thinking. I feel like that makes no sense. There's just there's I mean it makes sense, but like never trade your solution for someone else's problem. It is is a good it's a good good saying to live by. Levine for Jamal Murray. Ooh. Jamal Murray. What's Jamal? Just what's, the entire year. What's Murray's trade value at this point? I would do that. I, I mean if Chicago, if you're Chicago you got a cool team together. Let's try it again. Let's let's let's. This isn't the core. Don't make the same mistake the Kings did or the Knicks did. We're like, all right, Demar Derozan and Zach Levine. This is what we're doing. This is like this is the team that wins the title because it's not winning the title and under any circumstances. I would do that. I would do that. I mean, I think I think you got to do at least something. You got to get some value back. But really, Levine kind of has a little bit of the best of all worlds. He he can't sign with anybody straight up, or at least not anybody that's really going to want to sign him. Um, although the Pistons wouldn't be a terrible option. I'm just imagining Jokic to Levine passes and like lobs. Oh, I'd yeah. watch, I would watch that. I'd watch the hell out of that. We'd get some of the coolest plays you've ever seen. Jokic behind the head, behind the shoulder, alley-oop to Levine coming down the baseline and he just jumps over somebody. The Nuggets are going to be fun next year. And part of me feels like if you can trade Murray and Porter and get two other actual feasible stars that play basketball, as much as I love Jamal Murray 
part of me feels like there's a limit to the Murray Jokic ceiling. Because mm-hmm. they, they were fantastic in the bubble. Murray's like he was like 35 points a game. He had multiple 50-point nights, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. And you, where, where does this lead you? Because you're never getting that again. That's not happening again. If you're banking on 35 points a game, Murray, especially after his injury, it's not happening. All right, who do we got next? Next up, we got Miles Bridges. Gone. Book it. Somewhere else. Probably the Pistons. I, I really worry about the Pistons deal. Because, like, here's the thing. The Pistons can't offer him a reasonable contract. He's a restricted free agent. If you get him on a good deal... Charlotte just picks up the offer sheet. So you have to overpay to get him. And I don't want to turn him into the next Tobias Harris. I think he's better than Tobias Harris. I think he's a little bit better than Tobias Harris. You know, he at least plays on both sides of the ball and doesn't completely disappear and is younger. But I think there's a good chance that that contract ends up being like Tobias Harris in that it's just this huge contract for a guy that does not deserve it. He's probably going to make maybe one all-star team. You know, it's like that fringe, that... 25 to 35 guy that if he has the right season and there's the right couple of injuries he makes it but it it just it makes me nervous giving that much money to someone who's not an all-star do you think anyone in the nba has ever made the right amount of money no because it's what jalen rose says it's not how it's not how much you deserve it's how much you have the power to negotiate that's true man i forgot about that saying i used to say that all the time i haven't watched john rose in a while that's a good one man I, if my friends if my friends listen to this they'd be like that's where aaron got that like that's where that ridiculous phrase came from it's a great phrase it's a great phrase and not once have i ever heard someone say that's about a good contract for him it's always like, wow, way too much. Or what are they thinking? You know, it's, it's never just, it's never just, ah, nice deal. All right, who do you got next? All right, who's next on this list? Uh, James Harden, staying? Yeah, at this point, I say yeah. All right, DeAndre Ayton. He's gone. Where to? Anyone with cap space. Someone's going to max him out. At this point, I thought the Pistons were going to do it. I don't know if Duran stops them from doing that. I think the fit would be great. Maybe Orlando goes for it they have the cap space the cap space is a hard thing to find but i could see him um going somewhere but the the, the bridge if you cross the bridge if you're down Jaden, and then you look back it's completely burned you've you've torched it there is no bridge left and i feel like that sun's core doesn't really work as soon as you you go on the presser and you say i can't pass myself the ball just hand him a suitcase here you go deandre yeah. Playing ticket leaves tomorrow. <laughs> you're never coming back here because you're who are your two best? Who are the two best players on the Sun? I mean, Chris Paul, who's a passer, and Booker, who at least seemed to have a decent relationship with Aiton at the time. The two best guards. So you just you're the center. You just pissed off your two best players, who were both the best guards. It's not happening. All right. Yeah, I, I still think there's a chance that at least Phoenix will match the deal and then try to trade him. Um, you know, I mean, if I'm Phoenix, I'm calling everyone saying, hey, what do you give us for eight on a max? Uh, and then working back from there. All right, number six, we got Kyrie Irving. We've already discussed him, but where do you think he plays next season? In the pits of hell. I have no idea. I hope people realize at this point, it's indefensible. The teams he just sucks the life out of and leaves as this like dying, gasping husk of a, of a franchise. <laughs> That's what he does. He goes team to team and just and lights the ground on fire. And then you know, Kyrie gets traded. It's all kumbaya. By week two, he's laying the 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 kindling Darn. on the ground. And, it's, and you're it's like, not what are you kindling? Do- it's what, sage. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what it's are you marijuana. doing, Kyrie? He's like nothing. 
just just laying some kindling down. You're like, I hope you don't burn that. And he's like, oh, I would never. And by what year in, he's stacking the logs on top of each other and we're getting this thing alight. Oh my gosh, you're making me really nervous for him to move to California. <laughs> it's like, that's something I don't look forward to. I feel like there are rules we play with in the NBA, and the one thing that always is true is no one takes a $30 million pay cut to go play with good players. No matter how yeah. good they've been, no matter how good the destination's been, no one ever does that. And as soon as you open that that gate to be like, hey, like you actually don't have to get paid as much as you want. You can just play with who you want. It's over. I, I've always kind of wondered who who would be the first star to do that. And you did kind of see that happening like at the end of Duncan and Dirk's careers. They could have made a lot more and they took these like really small contracts that helped their franchises continue to be sustainable. And that was something I always kind of wished Kobe had done. But, you know, Kobe got that master payment. This would be the first time someone in their like age-wise prime ever did it. I think the difference between Duncan and Dirk is they were made men. In the in the yeah. mafia, you they were made men, and and you take the less money now, and whenever you want, you call up the owner. I forget who you call up. Cuban, hey Mark, bills are short. Need your help. Done deal. You know that's what happens after retirement. You take less money, but yeah. All right, who's up next? Next up is Jalen Brunson. I think the sign in trade possibilities really it's there. I think his value on other teams is higher than his value to the Mavs, and that leads to uh, him leaving. Yeah, he's an unrestricted free agent, so. I think Dallas either has to come big or I'm actually starting to fall out of the belief that he's going to New York. It feels way too painfully obvious for for that to actually happen. Um, You also don't need to pick up a bunch of future firsts for that to happen. So I feel like they're going to go hunting somewhere else with their cap space and that all of this is like a massive smokescreen in a bit. I feel like the Knicks have a proxy war against Dallas because of the Kristaps Porzingis trade, and they just want to make Dallas overpay for this guy and kind of sweat it. It's kind of like their fuck you to him. <laughs> I don't think that if Brunson leaves Dallas, we're not going to be like, oh, no, they're wasting Luka's prime. It's Jalen Brunson. He's a good player. Is he like a top 40 player? I don't know. Maybe he's close. They can they can find that production. Woj has tweeted just now at this moment. Uh, well, actually, Shams beat him to about 10 minutes ago. Kyrie Irving has opted in to the last year of his deal. Wow. All right. So fuck the the $30 million pay cut. Yeah. Oh, that's good news. All right. It's good news. You can hear me sliding my hands together because I'm <laughs> delighted. <laughs> Number eight is definitely staying. It's Anthony Simons. A- yeah, any chance of him? Stay. I don't think right. so. I thought you know you never you never really know with with him and if you're Simons you'd be like I want my own team like let's see where it, how about who's the starting point guard for Orlando am I blanking on somebody uh, I mean there's Fultz there's Cole Anthony what about them I don't I don't I don't love any of those guys Simons is a restricted free agent and I just I can't see Portland letting him walk that's true can we talk about the Kyrie thing really quickly what does this mean for Kevin Durant do we have to d- delete this entire podcast no we spend no. <laughs> I mean, I guess it means that Durant is going to be happier. Yeah. That we're not going to have a Durant trade. The NBA is not going to massively implode. Houston is not right now super happy about their future picks. They still have good reason to have future happiness. This also doesn't necessarily mean that anything has changed. Uh, by opting in, Kyrie's going to be an unrestricted free agent next summer. 
So that puts Brooklyn in an even worse position if they're not able to either trade him or foster a better relationship. So I don't necessarily know that that really changes anything other than just he can't sign for $6 million with the Lakers, which was kind of a an extreme long shot anyways. I hope you guys enjoy the grave you dug and you sit there and just really think about it. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we will. What's the cap on uh, on Lakers wins next season? 42, 43. 100% depends on how healthy Davis is. If Davis is healthy, these there's no reason why the Lakers can't be a 50-win team. With Davis and LeBron. I can think of 13 reasons. Every single other, other, other 13 <laughs> players that aren't LeBron and Anthony Davis. If you get quality guys around them, they, they will be uh, an above average, an above 50% win team. Maybe 50 okay. is high, but 45 to 47. I mean, LeBron still has enough in the tank. Davis, if he is healthy, which that is a huge if. If he's healthy, they're going to win 45 to 50-something games. And if they're not healthy, it doesn't really matter what the other pieces are. They're not going to win 30. They're just, just kind of... When you have 80% of your cap tied up in two players. Or- We're heading into year 19 LeBron. How do you feel? Not great. Not not great. He's an average defensive player now. Still fantastic offensively. Obviously, you can. But I don't think he's going to anchor your defense much. Here's an idea. How do you feel about like a 3 for 25 deal? Kevon Looney to the Kings. To the Kings? Yeah. That had just been floated. That had been floated out. That had been floating out there for some rumors. Kings kind of interested in signing him. Now, Kevon Looney for seven million dollars a year, like you'll take that, right? You're not upset if that's your backup center, but if you're paying him ten million dollars, it's three for thirty, and you're like, I'm out. It's too much. I, I feel like he's going to get the three for thirty. I feel like he might get more than that. I, Better not be us. I think if he's not getting more than that, he's going to stick with Golden State. But we still have so many more free agents to get through. Yeah, let's keep it going. All right, we got Colin Sexton, restricted free agent from the Cavs. He's already packed his suitcase. He's gone. There's no way. There's a 0% chance. Because I like Darius Garland, and the Cavs do too. And you have these two guys. You like them individually. But together, eh, not super thrilled about that. I think I think the Cavs are with that as well. That's another like Orlando destination. Why doesn't Orlando throw him... Yeah. Some money here. Be our starting point guard because Fultz and Cole Anthony and there's still I was st- I still have some Jalen Suggs stock. That was the worst draft pick of my fantasy basketball league last year. Was Evan taking my little brother Evan taking <laughs> Jalen Suggs? Other than my friend Alex taking Kyrie and uh, Ben oh. Simmons. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, sunk us all. He won a uh, zero games all season. Seriously, how and then now think about this monkeys bashing on a typewriter could have drafted a fantasy basketball team that won more than one game, but he, him paying attention couldn't do it. It's sometimes you get too smart for, for yourself. I was in a league last year where I knew I could just outwork the other players in the league, just add drop my way through the regular season. And, and so my whole thing was that I just had to beat my friend Nick. And so when Kawhi Leonard was still available in like the fifth round, I picked him up. Yeah, I was like, oh, I can I can pick up Kawhi late. Uh, Anthony Davis slid, so I picked up Anthony. Like I I did a similar thing where I kind of invested because I was like, throughout the regular season, I can add and drop enough guys that I can win this. I just need to have these guys healthy come playoffs, and I'd much rather have Anthony Davis in the third round than a lot of the other guys. I'd much rather have Kawhi than a Jalen Brunson, and, and it bit me. I, I took second in the league. I'll tell you what. 
when we start our league and you join my basketball league this this uh this year, it's weekly. The lineups lock on Monday, and you can't touch them throughout the week. You're stuck with your decisions. You can't mid max your way out of it. So you better oh. draft. You better draft well. Do you do sleeper? Sorry, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know what that is. What is that? What's that again? It's been a while. I mean, this is this is not a paid ad, but sleeper is the most enjoyable version of fantasy basketball. Oh, uh, really? No, I just searched straight up ESPN as it came. You got to switch to sleeper. Okay, that's actually probably why I won is because ESPN doesn't pay attention to fantasy basketball. And it had so, Val- it had Jonas Valanciunas as like an eighth round pick, and I was like, I was like, I think he's going to be better than that, and then he totally totally was. He's like my last draft pick. So the way Sleeper works is you you set your lineup, but you also have to pick a game. And so um, like if you got LeBron and LeBron's playing three different games that week, you choose which game of his counts for the points for your team that week. All the other games don't matter. You only get one game. Um, and if he sits out due to either rest, injury, or COVID, you just you pick a different game. Um, but you have to pick it before he plays it. So you have to pick the Sunday game, and that's the last day of the week. And he sits, you're kind of screwed. But it it takes away all of the like I need to add a guy and drop a guy. And oh, the Cavs are playing four games in five nights, so it's more advantageous to add a Cav as opposed to it's it's just straight up. You know who is who are the best players, and can you pick the right matchups? Um, they, they put out this report of like, hey, what was your max points if you had chosen all of the right players and all of the right games? And I always like to see how close I was. Did I pick the right matchups? Did I, you know? That's pretty cool. You know, the same guy, he's maybe playing OKC and Denver. Do I want him to play? Do I want him to take the Denver points because it's going to be a close game and high scoring? Or do I want the OKC points because they're going to blow them out and he might get more time? It just, it, it is so much more mentally stimulating in my mind. That sounds like some good stuff. I'm the best fantasy manager of all time because I text weekly scores to a group chat. I'm very nice. personable. You nice. can, you can. I'm, I'm a reachable commissioner. Okay, okay. You want to hit two more free agents? Well, I, I wanted to tell you this, but number ten on their list is Bobby Portis. That, that is how shallow this top twenty-five NBA free agents are. Is that number ten is Bobby Portis? It gets rough. It gets rough. But Bobby Portis is one of those guys that the value depreciates pretty hard off mm-hmm. the Bucks. I think on the Bucks, he's very valuable. Some size, some shooting next to Giannis. I can see him being just another guy like yeah. he was previously. But yeah. I think he's staying. He loves Milwaukee. Milwaukee loves him. I don't see. I don't see a world where he goes. I mean, I'm just going to read off the rest of the list and stop me if a name is interesting to you. Okay, Mitchell Robinson of the Knicks. Yusuf Nurkic of the Blazers, Kyle Anderson of the Grizzlies. Uh, I like that one. Kyle Anderson could be could be something. I, I think he fills in a nice wing piece. He's a smart player. He's solid. I think production wise, you're getting more out of slow mo than Nurkic or Robinson. I could also see him taking a pay cut, or you know, like maybe a mini mid level, you know, the six million dollars. So he he could go to a lot of different teams. After him, we've got Lou Dort on a team option, so he is not going to be a free agent. Uh, Gary Payton the second. He's going back to Golden State. I'd be shocked if he leaves. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, unless someone really just comes and knocks down the door with a huge deal, which you know what, Pistons. Yeah, I guess he doesn't fit their timeline. He's much older than I always think. I always think he's young. He's not young. He's just newer to the league. Uh, Nicole, uh, Nicholas Batum, Mo Bamba, Gary Harris. Ah, Mo Bamba. Wait, I'm. I'm. I have Mo Bamba stock. He can shoot threes. He's so tall. Have you seen how long his arms are? He's there's no way he's bad at basketball. You can't convince me. He's he's like seven foot ten. 
He's like seven foot ten with a nine foot ten wingspan. He can shoot threes. I don't. I don't want to hear the numbers against him. He's. 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 He will. He's going to be a starting center. You can't convince me otherwise. Where at? Where's? What's the Mo Bamba destination? I could see the Knicks kind of being a Mitchell Robinson, Nerlens Noel replacement. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, after that, we've got Gary Harris, Tyrus Jones, Bruce Brown, PJ Tucker, who's reportedly oh, signing. PJ Tucker, three for thirty for Philly. Yeah. Nothing says nothing says offense like a 37-year-old James Harden and a 40-year-old PJ Tucker making yeah. 60 million combined. <laughs> what does Daryl Morey think? Is it time someone says, "All right, Daryl, you're done." <laughs> Watching PJ Tucker is is brutal. It's not that he's bad cuz he's a good player. He's good defensively. He hits his threes. There are things he does really well. It's kind of like watching Draymond in a sense. Yeah. But this, I don't, it's hard to describe where it's just whoever pays this guy is is making a mistake. Because he was a, in Miami like two for nine or something. It was a cheap contract, whatever it was. And you're yeah. going to give him three for 30 now? After he was, he's essentially a, a zero on offense. PJ Tucker's the guy that you love on the vet minimum. That That's what you want. You want PJ Tucker on a vet or like a two, three million dollar deal. And you're like, wow, this guy provides so much more value than his deal. But on a $10 million? Not at no. 37 and not at 40, which is what a three-year deal would put him to. If you're a franchise and you're like, I think PJ Tucker at 37 years old is the answer, go back and, and find a different question to answer. Because clearly like the solution you're landing at isn't, isn't the right one. How about Dante DiVincenzo? He is not on this top 25 list. That's unbelievable. <laughs> this list gets real bad. I mean, it finishes out Chris Bouchard, or, uh, Nick Claxton, Ivacha Zubach, and Kavan Looney at 25. I would definitely put Kavan Looney over Boucher. I would put him over Bobby Portis. Like, just really? value to the rest of the. Of course. Bobby Interesting. Portis punched a teammate in the face. That was a long Kavon, time ago. Kavan Looney. <laughs> He punched Miritich in the face. It's understandable. He punched the reigning EuroLeague MVP in the face. Broke his face when he did it. Punched him right in the face. That was the best. I forget what offseason that was, but that was just amazing. Would you rather have Mitchell Robinson or Kevon Looney? Kevon Looney. Yeah. I, I don't know. This, it's not a great list, but I think it also really just kind of displays that like there's not a lot of game-changing talent. Like it might be okay that only five teams have free agency money and none of them are like good teams. All right. Good stuff, man. I love the uh we started with Kyrie and during the podcast he opted in. I wonder what uh what the other reports are about that. There's a statement from Kyrie. Kyrie's the only person on earth who would flirt with taking a thirty million dollar pay cut and like two hours later change his mind. Normal people keep the world going. But those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. I've made my decision to opt in. See you in the fall. A11 even. I don't know what that means. I don't know, man. Is it supposed to be at 11 even? At 11 even. Maybe it's a time. Am I missing something? Maybe like at 11, that's when the contract starts. It's. I mean, he wears 11? 11's not an even number? I'm so blind to player numbers. It's I know so much about the game and the history of it. I couldn't tell you a single player's number. It's it's the it worst hint for Wordle. It doesn't exist to me. Like ask me, like you ask me, like who did what number did Larry Bird wear? Like I don't know. It just doesn't. It, I look at it. It doesn't. Does not connect. Wait, there's no way that you don't know what number Larry Bird wears. I have no idea. 
Come on. I don't know. Like I just I, I believe I see you. All the you time. have to know that. I see, if it was multiple choice, I probably could get it because it like kind of rings a bell. But I just the numbers don't. I just you know I, I put together only like probably like a year ago or so. Where I'm like oh like CP three because the number is three. I thought it was like a Star Wars reference. <laughs> you see it. I just I, it doesn't exist. Like it does not even happen. The numbers aren't even there. That's bad. Kobe wears uh, or LeBron wears um twenty three. So does Michael. Got that. LeBron doesn't wear 23 anymore. He switched to six. Well, not anymore, but he used to. <laughs> he switched to 23 so that way Davis could wear 23. And then Davis... See, they change it all the time. How am I supposed to keep track of this? It's bad. But uh, any final pre-free agency takes, the free agency market kicks off on June 30th. So like three days from now. You know, I always say that going into this kind of stuff, like, ah, oh, like prepare for nothing because Harden's going to opt in. Kyrie already opted in. We're going to be left with like Bradley Beal opting in. And now we're, we're done. The free agents are over. There's going to be something that goes horribly wrong. There always is. Even when you least expect it, maybe the Knicks get rid of Randall. Things are going to happen. I'm pretty excited. I like it. Well, where can people find you? Possible chairs on TikTok. I'm working on my Aaron goodness scale. It's a, it's a matrix of sorts like yours, but more visualized because I, uh, visual learner i do like the visual representation it it has got me considering how to add a visual component to mine i bet you could do it it's been another episode of the hoops temple podcast i hope you enjoyed it keep listening to us always love talking hoops good stuff man hope you guys enjoyed this one